UCLA beats SC. Chip Kelly's got a job at decommit. Bear K can play and UCLA basketball at the Maui Jim Maui Invitational. All that and more in a jam-packed episode of the Locked On UCLA podcast. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA podcast. It's a great one. I'm Zach Gitterson, Yoxheimer. We're celebrating Victory Week, baby. Paint that victory bell blue. Ring it all across campus, all across practice field as the Bruins prep for their last regular season game. Chip still got a job, a decommit. And hey, where we start today's episode is UCLA basketball getting their first test in the Maui Invitational in Honolulu. And Berke Buyung Tunjel is available to play after the NCAA clearance. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel because you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're a new customer, you can get $150 with, in bonus bets by winning any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. UCLA, man, oh man, we've been wondering what this team is going to look like against top tier competition. Mick Cronin's team has been utilizing late, big, long stretches of streaks where they outscored teams of 32 to 7 or 20, 20 to 2 against the likes of St. Francis, against, you know, the different teams they've played already. Already's going in and out of my brain. Where UCLA has had to struggle to beat a, a Lafayette, beat the Red Flash in game one and find themselves in semi-tough games early on in the first 20 minutes before breaking loose and turning it into dominant victories where they've won by 18, 21, or 31 in different games in their easy-to-win early mid-major matchups until they go into this stacked field of the Maui Jim Maui Invitational where, or the All-State Maui Invitational where you get the likes of Tennessee, Syracuse, Purdue, Gonzaga, Kansas, Shamanad, UCLA, Marquette, five teams who in the previous season won their conference championship. The all-time, as many have said, greatest field in this specific tournament's history, where it's been relocated to the University of Hawaii Manoa's campus, where it's a bigger venue, and I wonder how that'll play at the Stan Sheriff Center. It's a great venue. should be a great event. UCLA gets to start off against number four, number five, depending where you're looking, Marquette, who is also 3-0, coming off a win at a ranked fighting Illini team, Illinois, where their starting point guard, different situations, came off a sprained ankle in game two, Tyler Kolek, and then all of a sudden put in 24 points. He got Cam Jones, who's got Big East Weekly Award honorees, honors coming already. Their backcourt is going to play big in this UCLA opening game, where, hey, the Bruins have struggled. Mick Cronin recently benched. He sat Dylan Andrews for a coach's decision, although Cronin's already said Andrews is expected to play against Marquette, and I believe simply because this is their biggest backcourt test now, might be their biggest backcourt test for a little bit with Marquette in the Shaka Smart-led Marquette, you know, squad where he went from VCU. Think of the comparisons. Mick Cronin, Shaka Smart, first four 11 seeds a decade apart, going to the Final Four. He coached at Texas, won the Big East with Marquette. It'll be a big-time game. Marquette, a bit of an up-tempo team. You're going to look at Cam Jones 
and Tyler Kolek, who lead the team. Kolek, after coming off a sprained ankle, 24 points, like four assists, few steals, rebounds galore. He is someone who the Bruins are going to have to deal with that can lead the tempo, lead the job for Marquette. And this is a big assignment for Dylan Andrews if he gets the start after missing the last game for UCLA. The biggest keys initially, one, how will Bedeke look? From reading, watching, trying to decipher all these international freshman recruits for McCronin this season. And now that we've got three games under the belts, mostly of Fible, Mara, and the rest, what does Bedeke look like? He is supposed to be, as the 19-year-old Turkish native, playing in the FIBA U-20s with Turkey, the most ready-to-play freshman right now. He was trying to play for last year's UCLA squad, a team that was national championship good before some injuries devastated the Bruins. Now he's going to get inserted in the lineup against a top-four team in the country. If the Bruins have things go well, they could probably be playing Kansas, the top team in the country, and that's just back-to-back days. That is a rude awakening for UCLA playing three mid-major programs at home. Cronin has been a little stubborn playing big, wanting to learn his team's tendencies in certain forms and certain rotations. And I wonder how much is he going to play to win? He's alluded to the previous season's two losses in Vegas when they lost those two games to, to Baylor, to Illinois, and then they didn't lose for two months when they figured it out. So it might be ugly this weekend or this week prior to Thanksgiving. It might be wonderful, or if we, we could be scared and wondering, hey, is this team ready to play this season, and how is Cronin going to turn it around after a three-game stretch in Honolulu? That is what we're going to learn this week against the most potentially stacked field in this tournament's history. One of the best, most fun tournaments ever. Last time Marquette played in it, they were in the championship game they lost. UCLA has won this championship before. They've been there before as well. What what are the Bruins going to do? What do we need to look for in this game one, which we will have a reaction to after the game? It's the latest of the four games, so it will be late night reaction love for UCLA basketball, win or lose. It's a big one. We're going to see Barricade. What does he look like? Is he up to speed? Is he as good as everybody hopes he is? Ready to play as everybody wants him to be? How much does he affect? Can the Bruins play with the three big lineup? Adem Bona, Adimar, Barricade. I'm not sure Cronin goes that way with the likes of Marquette. Shaka Smart always likes to play quick. Smaller guys, he's going to go with a more up-tempo style that's tending to be his way over the last 14, 15 years of his coaching tenure. And he's still already a young coach in Chaka Smart. He's already been in the business nearly a decade and a half as a head coach with the Final Four in his resume. So I don't think we see the super big lineup with Vedeke Marabona in this game. We might see twin posts, whether it be Mata and Vedeke, Mata and Bona, Bona and Vedeke. I just wonder what the rotation looks like in this game. It's going to come down to how does Andrews respond to why McCrona didn't play him? This is a big ask. This is a big test for UCLA's backcourt against the Marquette backcourt, Cam Jones and Tyler Kolek. And I know they got a 6'11 big man who's averaging or had a double-double in the most recent game or one of their first couple of games gets Ryder and then they played Illinois. Can UCLA come to terms with playing a big-name opponent, top tier in the country, expected to go deep, Winners of the Big East projected to win the Big East. And the Bruins, we, we don't really know what they look like. 
A win and an overreaction for me will get excited. A loss, and then they're probably going to play Shamanad, so they're most likely guaranteed at least a win in this tournament, you would think. You would think. Again, the next thing, too, is what style does Cronin go? Does he go small? Does he go big? Does he play to win? That's a dumb thought, but does he play to win or does he play to grow the team? Because he can go small and play to win the prestigious tournament while having his team play its most efficient lineup now. Or does he, in his mind, as he did after the first game, my way or the highway, we're going to grow, we're going to build as he tries to learn and have patience with all these press conferences and these quotes to the reporters coming off the plane going to Honolulu. We'll see what ridiculous goofy outfit he likes to wear for this tournament because remember Cronin's always like to wear the big suits but you can't wear a suit in Hawaii it's it's not allowed it's just not allowed so he's gonna wear the flashy Hawaiian UCLA shirts we'll see a lot from this team we will learn a lot by this team by the time Thanksgiving comes around we will know a lot more about UCLA's postseason potential Pac-12 potential and what needs to change Moving forward, because we saw this last year in Mick Cronin's team, but he had a senior-laden team, a very mature team, an extremely talented team that is all but gone with this year's team except the reigning Pac-12 freshman of the year. How can we learn? The Bruins, will there be any shooting? Or is it can they dominate the glass against op- the opposition? How do they play in a quickly contested tournament over three games, three days, where you don't get really any rest? And UCLA plays the late game on opening nights, the late game, in less than 24 hours to recover for a couple of games. We will learn a lot by UCLA. Bearcat plays. Can Andrews and the UCLA backcourt handle the Marquette backcourt in game one? And where's the shooting come from? If any, because they went 0 for 6, ending a long time streak of three-pointers made in the game, almost two decades worth of UCLA making at least a single three in the game. I think you need to make a three to beat Marquette. All those things will be answered for UCLA. Meanwhile, UCLA football answered the bell. They came in, rang the bell, and knocked out USC in that game in the Coliseum. Domination. We get to react, grade that, coming up next on Locked On UCLA. All right, guys. Gents, everybody who's listening, watching anything. Listen, there's an incredible app called listening.com. You can take any academic paper, PDF, or class material and turn it into an audiobook. You can It can read you math equations, technical words, complicated documents, and it can skip all those citations, footnotes, references, and jump you straight to the chapter or section you want to listen to. Speak about skipping all the mumbo-jumbo. It's got a one-click note-taking button where it automatically puts the last 10 seconds into a notepad so you don't have to type notes while you listen. Hey, maybe use that for this, and you can be like, what did Zach say? Something stupid, something smart. I don't know. Try that. Best of all, if you use the link listening.com slash locked on. Again, that's listening.com slash locked on. You get the first three weeks free. Normally, you get two weeks free. They're bumping on an extra week for you. If you go to listening.com slash locked on, check it out and give it a listen. Cruising on into segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Hey, now it's time for the segment we've all been waiting for. Just more gloating, more fun, and more celebration. UCLA 38-20 to victors over USC. That victory bell started blue. Let's react to all that. Not this segment will I be talking more about Chip Kelly's job in this segment. We'll get to that at the end of the show. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. And there's a decommit as recently as the day of the recording of the show. The first decommit from the class of 24. I'll talk about that at the end of the show with Chip Kelly 
And is he going to do more awareness for the men of Westwood, try to get more NIL money? We'll talk about that at the end. For now, we're just simply sitting back, enjoying a, a cup of hot cocoa. I already had one of those this morning. And, hey, 38-20. to 20. That was a beatdown. And it wasn't even a, as close as 18 points. I know they had a little second-quarter surge, and the Bruins had to go through it in the third quarter with two touchdowns within 16 seconds of each other, and that pretty much put the game away. And what is expected to be Caleb Williams' last game as a college football player, who, as Chip Kelly praised over and over again, arguably the best coach he's coached against ever in college football. And the Bruins forced a turnover from him, three turnovers overall, got him down, one of the more elusive quarterbacks I've ever seen. And despite maybe one miscue on a deep bomb, the Bruins kept him in check. A game on the road that sent many USC fans home early and had the Bruin faithful enjoying everybody together, galvanizing uh, you know, a team that had just come down after a terrible, terrible, terrible performance. 17-7 to home loss against Arizona State. Just send the, the, the Trojans reeling to 7-5. and five. They got a bye week, so they can sit on this and sulk for an extra week as they wait to go into their bowl game. The Bruins, with the win in the regular season finale against Cal, which is its own rivalry in its own sort that they won't be playing anymore for a while, UCLA can have a better record than a team that's preseason picked to be near the college football playoff, win the Pac-12, they're 6-0, and and yet UCLA can find a way to have a better record than SC. That can be glorious, but you got to beat Cal. Let's take a look at the grades of the offense and the defense. Let's start the offense because, one, here are my keys. Let's look at those keys again. I said QB protection and then score 30-plus points. To have a chance to beat SC, even as good as the defense was going to play, or and they did play, they needed to score. UCLA had to find ways to score. In this game, the defense actually did score and set the offense up with short Short drives, still the Bruins did what they needed to do. They protected Ethan Garbers, and yes, he was sacked three times, yet the Bruins came away with the dub. He was able to get a little bit of time to throw the football. Garbers didn't light it up with 155 yards or an excruciatingly amazing completion percentage, but he gutted it out, got popped on one of his three touchdown throws, the one that came out of the third quarter where he got smacked running on third and goal, hits Harden on a running touchdown throw. That was a heart play. That was a hustle play for someone who, I know you guys have been asking for, I saw a comment the other day about, hey, do you need an apology to Chip Kelly? No, we need an apology to Ethan Garbers because I've been wanting Dante to start and maybe my idea, still, I still want Dante to develop, but Garbers put in his heart and soul this season to earn something that all UCLA fans love. A win, a dominant win over USC. And he engineered that coming back from injury. The play of the game, in my mind, combined with the Alex Johnson fumble recovery for a touchdown, was Garbers rolling out, getting popped on third and goal for a touchdown that put the Bruins over two scores and helped the Bruins propel them to victory. I know he's been talking a lot of crap, enjoying it. We run LA. I'm not sure how much of his true on social media, but I know he is extremely happy. Post-game quotes, I've been waiting for this since I was a little kid, and he came out and performed. So, Garbers, fantastic, fantastic effort. It, being someone who had to wait years, transfer from Washington, coming over to earn this opportunity, get it, lose it, be injured, come back, all sorts of drama behind the scenes in the QB room. Not that there's drama, but when there's – you know, the quarterback situations in flux, there's just naturally drama. Not everybody barking at the coach, but we just don't know who's been the quarterback all season. 
Barbers, when it came down to generally what's the biggest football game all year long for UCLA on the road, a big road victory. Hey, what were UCLA's mostly key losses this year besides ASU? They'd come on the road, on the road at Utah, at Arizona, at Oregon State, three of those four losses. And when it came to playing at SC, where obviously a tough place to play, a former UCLA home, not any longer, the Bruins came through. In my mind, yes, Garbers, he did what he needed to do. He needed to throw some touchdown passes, get the Bruins going, hit Hudson Habermill, efficient night, two catches, two touchdowns. That's how you go out as a big-time playmaker in the rivalry matchup. And it helps when he had TJ Harden come out, dominate with 142 yards and a touchdown rushing the football. Carson Seale got 10 less carries, still averaged four yards a pop, but it was the rushing ability, the dominance of TJ Harden, some big runs, a a nearly 60-yard run that that set up a, a field goal opportunity for the Bruins. So the ability for UCLA to run over USC's terrible defense was expected. But Garber's coming in, throwing the football, completing some passes. I know they missed some passes. I know they did. And it could have been an even greater margin of victory. In the end, when it came to playing a terrible defense, the Bruins came out, moved the football, looked more like a Chip Kelly of old. I'm not going to say like this offense was super, super fantastic and efficient in every facet. But when you win and you put up nearly 40 points in the Coliseum, you're going to get an A when you beat SC. So we're getting an A. An A. Could be an A minus, but I'm feeling generous. Feeling generous. Like a professor after a big test. It's going to think, ah, I'll give you an A. Could be a B plus. It could be an A minus. You get an A because of all the good, warm fuzzies I felt inside with this game. They get an A. They, when you run for 200 yards more than your opponent, basically, the offense did what it needs to do. It did. It did. Defensively. Defensively. Wow. That that was great. When USC got stuffed that on fourth and one at midfield to start the game, you just knew, you just knew the momentum swung to UCLA. There was no doubt in my mind. Down the field, touchdown. When UCLA had not been able to convert in the red zone most of this season, one of the worst percentages in the country, and they went down and scored after the, the defensive stop, that there was no disunification there. That was Fantastic. And that was a punch in the mouth. And when it came to my other keys of the game, contain Caleb Williams enforcing turnovers. That is exactly what they did. And I know they allowed 384 yards passing. Williams is going to throw it all around. A 74-yard touchdown bomb on what it was described as a moon ball. I don't even know how he threw the ball in the air that long off his back foot. UCLA forced it. Williams interception. So two games they played against him. They did force a pick. He only has like 12 or 14 picks in his entire collegiate career, and UCLA has a couple of them. That's not a bad job. Other key stops, a forced fumble on Marshawn Lloyd, and then another forced fumble on Zachariah Branch. One of those fumbles leading directly to Alex Johnson. He's speaking about another warm and fuzzies, older veteran guys getting their opportunity for walk on longtime UCLA player to come through and get a big moment in the, the UCLA game versus SE returns it for a touchdown. Those two touchdowns in 16 seconds game was over. Then the, the mojo was done. You could tell that from the beginning, it seemed from SE, but it was clear UCLA came together as a team and play this with heart and hustle and a lot of soul. You got three sacks, 
on one of the more elusive quarterbacks in the country. Nine, four sacks, excuse me, four sacks, nine tackles for loss, held SC to three, what, rushing yards? That's just absurd. Marshawn Lloyd's not a terrible back. Caleb Williams can certainly run the football, although he can lose a lot of yards if you tackle him for a loss with him scrambling in the backfield. Leatu Latu, two sacks, that big one of Williams when he wasn't even looking got me reminiscing, as I already said in the reaction, of Anthony Barr taking down Barkley back in 2012. That was amazing, just seeing that, bam, pop him down. Two sacks, you had a tackle for loss for Carl Jones Jr. John John Vons looked good. Unfortunately, we did see the loss of Jay Chowia early in that game, who was enjoying himself, but then eventually had to come off with, a, I believe, a right leg injury. And we hope he's okay. I haven't seen any update on that at this moment. But the defense, A+. plus, A+. plus. Three turnovers forced against one of the better offenses in the country. USC is a really good offensive team. With Williams, they, they can talk about their disarray and Riley and line. They can still put up points. And the Bruins held them to 20. They forced three turnovers. Didn't allow them to run the football. And forced a Caleb Williams fumble and four sacks of him. That is not easy to do. For any team in the country, even with a team that has good numbers like UCLA does, coming into that game like they'd shown most of the season, they came in and sent a message. A-plus for the defense. Danton Lynn is one of the coaches that is going to maybe win. He should win the Assistant Coach of the Year Award. He keeps going up semifinalists, finalist awards. He should win the Assistant Coach of the Year Award, hands down. I know there's probably other candidates. I don't know who the other candidates are. I don't really care because – it's remarkable what he's come in and done for what UCLA had over the last full tenure of Chip Kelly from the end of the Jim Moore era to now. With these pieces, he's just done a fantastic job. And he's either going to get a pay raise, a contract extension, or a new job. And I don't want to scare you, but those are legitimate things that are going to happen this offseason, maybe as soon as after the Cal game. That, that, that's a newsflash. A newsflash for everybody that we should expect. Because the defense has played that good this year. And they came to play against USC. Came to play. A-plus performance by UCLA. Fantastic defensively. Special teams, yes. It was a little scary to see them go down the field, miss a field goal, watch USC come the other way, only to watch Dennis Lynch miss a field goal. Again, the Bruins went with Blake Glessner, who did redeem himself, made all his extra points, made his 35-yard field goal, and when the opposition's kicker misses an even shorter field goal, way worse, it feels a lot better with your kicker. Still, it wasn't the kicking game that scared me in terms of the field goal. The Bruins are getting an A-minus on special teams because Zachariah Branch is one of the more lethal returners Across the country. Yes, they did allow a 38 yard kickoff return in one of his two. I know that, hey, when it comes to punt returns, were there any? No, because Will Powers on four punts averaged nearly 40 yards a punt, putting three of his four punts inside the 20, dropping USC at the one. I know they went for a 99 yard touchdown drive there. Still, Will Powers pinned them back. UCLA was winning the field position game. They kept USC's lethal returners in check. I would give the Bruins an A-. minus. I know I'm frustrated that they missed another field goal. It's not good. I'm just happy that the UCLA Bruins kicked USC's butt and dominated. And I let 
every USC fan know on Sunday. I'm going to let them again on Monday. I'm going to go tell my brother on Thanksgiving. We're going to let him know. As you can tell by my outfit, I'm feeling a little cocky. I'm feeling a little, let's rock and roll. It's exciting. And it's leap year, so you get to enjoy another extra day. Remember that, 2024. An extra day before that game when they're Big Ten rivals in 2024. Enjoy it. So an A for the offense, A-plus for the defense, A-minus for special teams for various reasons. Of course, generous grading when you smack your rival in the mouth. Go Bruins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA beat SC. Yeah, that's not really an A-clap, but still, we're, we're, we're excited. 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 Now to address of sorts, Chip Kelly and a, a Men of Westwood Collective NAL Collective video that has Chip in it. What does that mean? What does that mean? Chip Kelly's era was over last week, right? We'll talk about that next on Locked On UCLA. You can score early with America's number one sports book, FanDuel. If you were to put odds on Chip Kelly having a job Monday morning in the hot seat with Lincoln Riley on the other side, one would have thought, hey, you know, with the favored numbers of USC by a touchdown, it shrunk a little bit right before the game. Chip Kelly is all but done, right, with all the reports. Well, you never know. But if you did have UCLA and you wanted to go money line with them, a $5 money line bet, you could have gotten $150 in bonus bets. That's if you're a new customer. So you should go sign up with FanDuel.com slash Lockdown right now and get $150 if your team wins. The Bruins won. Why not get some free money, extra money, some bonus bucks to go along with that? The app's super easy to use. Spreads, player props, and more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, the seat's getting warm, and I'm not sure where it is. Is it in downtown? Is it in Westwood? What's going on for UCLA, right? It was all said and done. Chip Kelly's era was over. The reports from Bro Report, some ideas that, hey, there's some dysfunction. There's going to be an exodus maybe in the transfer portal with players, frustrated players coming out with, hey, we weren't promised. We were promised different things I saw on social media. It wasn't looking pretty after the Arizona State game. Very frustrating performance. A lot of emotions. Everybody, nearly every Bruin outlet, I believe, including myself, has called for Chip Kelly's job one way or another, either in the last week. They've come to terms with it in the last week. They did it two years ago. Maybe they did it as soon as Chip Kelly got hired at head coach of UCLA. And I've disagreed with my own colleagues of this network with national pundits of different places, you could probably have watched the ESPN broadcast, and they're like, UCLA fans are dumb because they want Chip Kelly fired. He's 33, 33, 33, 34. You know, words, anything. Frustratingly so, just as some might have said, the term gaslighting us as UCLA fans, that Chip Kelly deserves the job, that we're stupid, and that we don't, We it's UCLA, a nine-win season, everything. Look, this. there's so many different angles this can go. Now, with a dominant win over SC, Chip Kelly is not getting fired today. With the win over SC, he was never going to get fired the next day. When you win by three scores, nearly four scores on the road at SC, you're most likely not getting fired the next day with all the emotions, everything. Chip Kelly's done his darndest to keep his job, done his darndest to deal with the media for better or for worse. It's a little chippy, pun intended, leading into the USC game. But now it's all warm and fuzzy inside after destroying an SC team that has truly plummeted way further down than any terrible performance the Bruins have put on this year because the Trojans have lost five of their last six, and it's Lincoln Riley 
that's getting all the hate mail this week. Chip, I know. I, I think I feel I have a better pulse on the UCLA fan base in the national landscape because I understand everybody I talk to is still not happy with Chip. And I can understand that SC was a sinking ship, literally. Between the two teams, you saw the team that had the locker room and you saw the team that did not. And the team that was a much better team, and that was UCLA. And they proved it. SC lost the two of their rivals in ugly, ugly games. Think about that. UCLA, they lost to some ranked teams and their ugliest loss, yes, Arizona State. They came back. Maybe that was the best thing that happened to them because they came back and punched SC in the mouth. Now, what does that mean going forward? Well, the men of Westwood released a video talking about wanting more donations for the football team, getting more money driven in as a promo video. The collective, the NIL collective, UCLA supports that supports football and men's basketball, the men of Westwood. And Chip Kelly, who's been quoted many times as saying, you know, the complete opposite of Mick Cronin, who wears his men of Westwood shirt or hat anywhere, right? Anytime, always a, a billboard, a walking billboard. Chip Kelly was on the video saying, hey, donate, give some love. Is this maybe a conversation they had behind the scenes where Martin Germain, Casey Washman, they were different comments saying that's inappropriate and inaccurate to the reports, I believe, led initially by Bro Report about behind the scenes turmoil that UCLA might see the end of the Chip Kelly era. And maybe it's coming to a close in the next year or two or a week. I don't know now. It's a very unique situation for UCLA's head coach heading into Big Ten. Now, if you lose to Cal, everybody's going to be calling for Chip's head again. It'd be like, that was a parting gift. Thank you, but no thanks. You can still win nine games. I'm not going to advocate or completely change my stance. I will say Chip is probably not getting fired right now. I wonder what the Cal game affects, what the offseason looks like. My biggest thing at this moment is do your best to keep Danton Lynn. And I wonder where Martin Germond is and the whole UCLA athletic administration is on this coaching situation. Because I wonder what the fan output will look like for the Cal game. I wonder what the support will be heading into next year when there's going to be a lot of Big Ten teams coming in wanting to invade the Rose Bowl because they've never seen what the Rose Bowl looks like in their life because their team never gets to the Rose Bowl game and probably won't now that it's a playoff game, right? It's I, I did call. I'm not necessarily going to apologize. Everybody's still frustrated with how UCLA played against Arizona State was an emotional reaction, absolutely. So the number's still there for Chip Kelly's, as some say, mediocrity. Maybe others say rebuilds. Is it a rebuild or mediocrity? We're going to find pretty soon if Chip Kelly gets another year what the transfer portal situation looks like. Does a lot of UCLA players, do they leave after this season? Or is everybody galvanized after a dominant win against the team across town? Where Lincoln Riley, all the SC fans are, sitting there screaming, ah, we need to get rid of all the Oklahoma fans I see are laughing in the comments saying, good job, UCLA, for kicking Lincoln Riley's butt. And we're not laughing now. Right? Who looked like the tougher team? UCLA did. The better conditioned team? UCLA did. And I appreciate that. Chip Kelly, when they needed to fix the defense, went out and he found a way to get someone who could fix the defense, and he did in a year. Ridiculous. I don't know what that means. In the future, it's now up in the air, but he's not getting fired before Cal. It's not likely that he gets fired after Cal. Unless he loses, then we go back in the circle, and it's like, well, here we are again just two weeks later and a USC win added in. We'll find out if it's just a matter of time because now it's kind of backwards. I'm not sure if the SC game saved his job. Maybe it did, but we're all kind of waiting. It's a wait-and-see game. 
I'm still I understand how bad SC is. And I'm not blinded by what UCLA did against SC. It just feels good. And I like to, you know, enjoy it. Absolutely enjoy it. Now the D commit I was talking about, the first class of 24 D commit, Derek McFall from Texas, an athlete, someone who could be a running back, depending on what recruiting outlet you're using. I looked at 24-7 sports. He decommitted from UCLA the day of this recording dropping, right? Late November. He had never officially visited UCLA. He had officially visited schools in Texas. I believe he visited SMU. So he's getting recruited by schools closer to his native home state in Texas. But UCLA's had a decommit. Maybe it's not like Roderick Robinson, who went to Georgia, decommitted, went to Georgia. And then UCLA eventually got Dante. And remember, UCLA does have Cameron Jones coming in, a big back who was coming in from St. John Bosco. And I don't think the loss of McFall will hurt this class too much. But depending on what ranking system you use, he was one of the higher-rated recruits the Bruins had, decommitted. And I was reading a little different pieces. It was already an interesting situation with him visiting other places without having officially visited UCLA. It was one of those wishy-washy commits that we see from recruits nowadays. I know Derek McFall, with a big high school season, probably wanted to stay a little closer to home. UCLA gives you an opportunity. Yeah, you want to snag it. But it was a little iffy to begin with. So we can't necessarily use that as a knock against Chip, but the Bruins have their first decommit in this class. And in terms of where it's coming, I'm not sure the running back room is a weakness. I don't know what UCLA looks like next year with the after having Steele and Harden this year. Keegan Jones has been fun, right? But these guys are phasing out in different ways, either graduation, everything out of eligibility. Maybe they want to test their waters in the NFL for one reason or the, another. I'm not sure McFall will ruin this class. UCLA's just got to stack up on offensive linemen, defense, defense, defense to keep this going for the future. And then UCLA's been sending out offers to quarterbacks, right, to make sure their quarterback room is deeper because apparently they can't have enough. They've used four different quarterbacks in meaningful games this year when they're either winning or losing. I know Justin Martin came out, but I'm talking about the Chase Griffin signing at the end of that Arizona State game. So we'll see. First D commit. I'm not going to blame that at Chip. You wonder if any of the noise had something to do with it or he just wanted to be a little closer to home. Hasn't committed, just decommitted. And there's a lot to come in the in the transfer portal. We'll find out more. Chip's here to stay for better or for worse. We'll find out what that means for Locked On UCLA. Meantime, the Bruins, 38-20. to 20, Say it louder. 38-20 to 20 over USC. Go Bruins. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer signing off. Hands up time because it's time for an eight clap, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Beat SC, baby. And go fight, fight, fight in Honolulu. Go Bruins. This has been Locked On UCLA. We'll talk to you again pretty soon. Go Bruins.